Welcome to Through a Handler's Eyes. I'm Jo Hilda and I'll be interviewing assistance dog handlers Australia-wide. We won't be discussing legalities or training methods, just the journey of the human and their dog. Hi, today I welcome assistance dog handler Sandra and her two dogs, Boston and Bronson. Sandra's from South Australia and she's an owner trainer. How are you, Sandra? I'm fine, thank you, Jo. Um, can you tell me what initially influenced you in getting your first assistance dog? Um, I got my first assistance dog um, by accident is probably the best way of putting it. I had been working a number of jobs overseas and decided in in a number of complex situations and decided that I needed to settle back in Australia and I got a dog for company and at that stage I was diagnosed with PTSD mm. and the dog that I got, Tessa, actually identified when I was having a panic attack or going to have one Yeah, and would come and sit with me, calm me down, um, other symptoms, she would warn me beforehand so that I could take my medication and so I, I found out what I could do to get her recognised or what you needed to do to have a dog recognised or go through to become an assistance dog. So basically she decided to be your assistance dog. You she, didn't make that conscious choice. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it was still trial and error. Um, I went initially through an organisation and found that that stressed me out even more. So back in 2000 and oh, I think it was 2013, there wasn't much. I was living in Canberra then and there wasn't much around, Yeah, didn't much help around. So it was trial and error and learning from anyone that had an assistance dog, what you could do to become a handler trainer or a handler a trainer owner, whatever yeah. you want to put it as, um, which is what we did. And that was in 2013, did you say? That was, um, I'm trying to work back, it was 2000 and I think we started in 2012. Yeah. And by 2013 she was going with me everywhere um, and we were starting to get recognised in, in shops and places and, and it was still a very big matter of, of educating the public because yes. distance dogs weren't well known. No, it's still pretty ongoing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Now you have uh, Bronson and Boston. Bronson's in training. Tell me a bit about them. Um, Tessa, my first one, um, ended up with uh, dilation cardiomyopathy. Basically, your heart was failing early. And so I got Bron uh, Boston. And Boston is actually a Ridgeback French Mastiff cross. Yeah. Um, Tessa was a Bull Mastiff Ridgeback cross. And because she'd been so good, I thought I, I wanted to stick to similar breed. Yeah. And Boston is 
the gentlest, most oh, she's intuitive dog there is. Um, if I'm going to have a migraine, she has a different signal. She she gives me five minutes warning. Um, my oh, migraine. Good. My migraines are hemiplegic migraines. They leave me uh, paralysed. Yeah. Uh, The worst one I had was when I was working overseas and it took me six weeks to learn how to walk properly again. Oh, dear. Yes. They're not fun. I do have treatment for them. But, you know, when one comes on, you have that fear that, that the paralysis is going to kick in again. Yes, I understand. Her warning is enough that I can take the medication that just keeps it down to a normal migraine, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't blow out and it doesn't last four or five days and it doesn't come back in a week. It lasts 24 hours and I probably won't get another one for three months. Um, she blocks for me if I feel threatened by someone, uh, which does still happen with people with assistance dogs. Someone can get aggressive in public yeah, um, or someone can just have that sort of attitude. Uh, She will get in front of me and block them from me so that I can deal with what I'm dealing. If I'm having a panic attack, often that's really an issue you know if someone raises their voice I still will panic and I've, I've had fairly high pressure jobs that I've yeah. dealt with quite well in the past I haven't been able to work since 2013 and that throws me for a loop she will block calm me down I don't drop my shopping and run out of a shop anymore I can actually walk to my mailbox without panicking um I can talk to you yeah, without stressing. Boston is now learning those traits and Bronson, sorry, I'm getting confused now. No. <laughs> Boston teaches Bronson as we go along. Yeah, so and why, up, have, why, why did you two? decide to get another dog at this point? Uh, Boston's been working since she she went straight into work mode at eight weeks when I got her. Mm. Um, she's now three. She's never had a chance to really get a break. I noted with noticed with the the COVID nineteen, and it's probably the trigger for us. She was wearing. We'd go out. We would get abused so much. For being out in public. Yeah. Um, how dare I take a dog that's going to give people these diseases? Um, I was pushed. I was, and, and people were stressing. And then you have other people who just wanted to cuddle from the dog because it made them feel better. By the time I got her home, she was exhausted. Yeah. Um, so she was on an emotional high. I was not on an emotional high. And I decided she needed a switch off. But I needed her to get a switch off that was also something that I could work into our routine. Yeah. So I looked around and I 
got Bronson. Bronson is a pure Ridgeback and he's as smart as a whip and he's learning to be an assistance dog to give her a break and yeah. she switches off with well, him. Well, that makes sense. She comes yeah. home. We go out together, all, all three of us, him in learning mode, her trained. She doesn't stress out now when people are getting aggressive. Yeah. Bronson is learning what to do from her and I'm not coming home stressed out to the max or crying in the middle of a shop. Yeah. Which I haven't done for a long time but but this year has just been a nightmare and it's been good for Boston. It, it's actually allowed her to be a dog when she needs to be. So, you know, she gets a switch off at night time now and it's also good for me because it gives me something to concentrate on. I, I'm now training Boston. Um, at the moment, he's curled up right behind my back. Yeah. He knows I'm a little bit tense. Boston's yeah. watching. So, so she, they get you out of your head as well. Absolutely. So what has been the best thing about having an assistance dog for you? I can leave my house. I can uh, talk to people. Um I, I had a, a job where I was going overseas and, and working with people um, and I went from that to I, I couldn't leave my front door and get the mail out of the mailbox without panicking. Um, I had migraines so bad that I couldn't, I, I, they were basically nonstop, you know, I'd get maybe a day's break between them. Oh, that's um, awful. I, it, it, yeah, I, I still have trouble with words. I used to be able to write reports. I know I will never get back to where I used to be. Um, my memory's not as good as it used to be, and I have to accept that. I have to accept that mentally I'm not anywhere where I used to be, and that's a hard thing to do, but these two keep me grounded. They yeah. let me accept that, all right, we've had a problem and your brain's not quite in gear at the moment and the medication you're on doesn't necessarily help in some ways. No, that's right. And and that's the reality. It's like, you know, if you're on the medication, there are drawbacks, but if you're not on it, there are even bigger drawbacks. It's a hard choice sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um but then I look at, at the moment, two pairs of eyes that have absolute faith in me and I can walk out the front door and go, right, we're going in the car, we're going to the shops, we're going to get what we need. I can talk to a stranger. I'm with um, an association, at the, the Australian American Association. My mother's been a member with them for donkey's years. She's migrated to Australia 60-odd years ago and I was able to do an interview um, for them, which I couldn't have done three years ago. So these um, dogs have really given you some freedom, haven't they? Oh, they've given me absolute freedom and they've given me a voice. And do you live on your own? Yeah. Do you think you could do that without them? I only, I only know 
I couldn't live on my own if I didn't have my boy. I don't. I don't know how to put this. I um, I could probably live on my own without them, but I don't know if I'd live as long. Ah, uh, yep. Because I wouldn't be able to leave the house. I wouldn't be able to do anything. I wouldn't be able to cope with the depression if if there were the sounds that that happen occasionally <laughs> that scare me. Boston, quiet. <laughs> It's okay. This is a warts and all podcast. It is. It's the mailman going past. She's just gone to check on him. Yeah, there there are certain things that will trigger things in me very quickly. Mm. And if I'm out in public and those triggers happen, I can't cope on it. I can't deal with that on my own. I've I've tried to actually go out without my dogs. Mm. Um, When I I got attacked in one shop uh, probably about three months ago. Um, and I really got abused. It was so aggressive that the managers had to come and of the shops had to come and, and calm me down and then go and talk to the person that, that got abusive about the dogs. Was that because you had the dogs in the shop? Yes. Even though they were jacketed um, and there's no way I will take them into a shop without a jacket on. Yeah, because it's not worth the hassle. It's not no, worth absolutely. Wear. Um, you know, some people will take theirs in without jackets, and I just think they're running such a high risk of of having somebody abuse them. Um, yeah, so I like I like it to be obvious. Yep, so do uh, I. I don't necessarily like people looking at me, but I want it to be obvious enough that I don't get questioned. Yep, you know. Yep, I've actually got. A- a sign on on uh, Boston's jacket that says "Don't approach the handler," not "Don't approach the dog." It's got "Do not pet the dog," but it says yeah. "Don't approach the handler" because it's like you know, don't come and talk to me either. And someone jokingly said, "Why have you got that on there?" And I said, "Because there are times I can't cope with someone coming up and talking to me." Yeah, I I fully understand that. But there are other times that people will come up and I'm okay and they'll, they'll want to know what the dogs are for. And I said, look, if I'm not okay, I'll say, I can't talk to you now. And other times I will sit there and I'll stand there and I'll, I'll say, look, I'll give you a brief rundown, but thank you for asking and thank you for not patting. I think that's really important to get that message out to people that, you know, don't just come up and approach us and, or come up and approach the dog first uh, or whistle at the dog or you know clap towards our dogs yeah and try and get their attention before talking to us yes I mean me it doesn't if someone distracts my dog for a minute I don't have a life or death situation but I know there are a lot of people with seizure disorders or allergies or heart rate problems or other things, that it is a life and death thing. If you distract this dog for five seconds, they might miss that critical moment. Oh, and absolutely. so, you know, people forget that, don't they? Yeah, they, they do. So what in in your time doing this journey, is there anything that you wish someone had told you right at the beginning that would have made your life easier? I wish that someone had... <laughs> It's like, I think it's like everybody else. I wish there was a central point you could go to that says 
This is the legislation, the federal legislation. Uh, this is the um, federal court case that says that a dog is considered trained if you are the one training it and you are the one with that the dog is being trained for. Um, some people know that exists, some people don't. There, there are things like that out there. I, I think it also would be nice. I, I think it would have been a good idea. Oh, <laughs> sorry, my words have gone again. That's um, okay. I think people need to be aware that as an owner-trainer, we still face prejudice from people that go through organisations mm-hmm. um, because they think that's the be-all and end-all. And, and it isn't. I went through an organisation and that actually created more issues for me than it solved. Yeah. Um, not all organisations are equal and not all of them recognise that they can create more stress than they can relieve. Yeah, um, I think you've got to find the one that suits you if you want to go with an organisation because uh, I think every one has, um, they all have their place. Yep. It's just they've got to suit the people that are with them. Abs- absolutely. You know, so, and some people really need them and, and some people don't. Um, I think the other thing is that we don't, uh, people, we shouldn't feel bad that we don't have a piece of paper that says, you know, or a flag that, that, that we can stick on our dog's head that says, you know, this dog is an assistance dog. We know we've got the letter that we need or mm-hmm. the documentation we need. Yes. We, we know that we've done the training we need. We, we know that the dog is well cared for and kept clean and healthy and, and vet checks and everything else. We know all that. If someone questions it, I think what we really need is we, we need to be given the courage or the strength to be able to go back to someone and say, I've done what I need to do. Yeah. The dog is fine. Yeah, um, that's right. And I think that's that's all we need to be able to say to people if, if we're questioned. We, I just get really frustrated that we have to keep justifying ourselves. Especially if our dogs are well-behaved. Absolutely. If they're they're behaving appropriately, there's no need for anyone to question them. No. I can understand if they're acting, even if they're just having a bad day because they are dogs. Yeah. But, you know, if they're behaving themselves um, in the best way they can, I don't see the reason that it needs to be. Um, Because it's not easy taking your dog out in public. People... I've had people say to me, oh, you know, I'd love to take my dog wherever I went. And I thought, oh, my God, it's worse than taking a toddler. It's worse. I had four kids. It's worse than I have a bag for the dog. He has boots. He has his coat to identify him. I've got to make sure I've got water and, you know, all the things that we do. Yep. And and people think it's simple, but it's not simple at all. It's very difficult. And for some of us, I'm blessed I'm, most of the time I'm not one of those people, just getting out of our houses is like yourself, is the dog is that's what they do for me. If if I didn't have this dog, I would go nowhere sort of thing. Yes. 
So, but people don't understand that. What has been your biggest challenge? Um, my biggest challenge, I, the biggest challenge I, I would have initially thought would have been my family because, you know, things like this aren't the norm. But they were quite accepting. I understand. Accepting. They were quite mm-hmm. accepting, um, which surprised me. The biggest challenge really has been the ignorance of people who just refuse to accept the difference, like you said, between a pet yep. and a working dog. Yep. I mean, they are are allowed to be pets and allowed to be dogs, but their primary purpose in our life is to help us. Yes. Um, so that's the difficult thing. Yep. What's the, I, I suppose, uh, having talked to you, the best thing about having your dogs would be the freedom they've now given you. Oh, absolutely. It, it's yeah. the freedom and they've given me back my voice. That's great that they've given you back that confidence to give you your voice back. Now, does your dogs, do they have their own Facebook or Instagram page? No, they don't. Um, I'm not that courageous yet, if that makes sense. Okay. (laughs) Yes, it certainly does. Well, thank you very much for chatting with me today. Um, I hope this conversation has helped someone else and I've hoped it's helped you a little bit too. So thank you very much, Sandra, and um, good luck. It's been my pleasure and um, good luck to anyone else going through this process. They'll get so much out of it. Thank you and don't forget to listen next time. Thanks for listening. If you've got any questions or you would like to be a guest, email me at eyes at gmail.com. Bye.